Hello and welcome to Topical Junto, episode 70. I'm your host, Dr. Tavis A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit, and I'm here with my co host. I am no, here good. with my co host, Adam J. Dubs. <laughs> Adam J. Dubs here on uh, episode 70. Yeah. I am the co. That's right. There it is. That's me. Take your time. I'm not stuttering, my friends. I am the co. Your man, J Dubs. There it is. Mm-hmm. J Dubs. Is, is this actually episode seven? Wow. It's really episode wow. like 72, really, because we have the two uh, lost episodes. Yeah. If. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you haven't joined us in a little while here at Comic Book Junto, we're mm-hmm. going through a time of mourning. Yeah. We're mourning the loss of episodes that we've recorded mm-hmm. many times before. Full-fledged. Full-fledged episodes. Good-ass episodes, yeah. too, if I might yeah. say so myself. I don't want to hype it up too much because they are lost to space, much as Hydra Cap has locked Manhattan in the dark force. But I'll tell you this, they're full of solid gold bars. They are Filled with solid gold bars. Yeah. But, you know, I had a good AKA in there. I had a Guardians of the Galaxy themed AKA. And yeah. I could pretend that I didn't do it, but yeah. I can't. I can't. At least we have the memories. Yeah, at least we have the memories. You know Octavius I mean? A. Newman. That's right. How are you this week? You know what, man? I'm doing all right. I'm here again for another episode. I'm a little bit tired, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to be here. We've been putting in work in the studio. We did a, a one shot this week. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Go check mm-hmm. that out. Um, after you listen to this or before you listen to this, you got option one, pause this, go right away and listen to our one shot movie review of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the movie option two, pause this, go watch Guardians of the Galaxy. No, excuse me. Finish listening to this. Mm-hmm. Go watch Guardians of the Galaxy. And Silence then, your phone in the theater. If you're right. listening to yeah. this in the theater and then go, uh, listen to our movie review of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Either way, listen to our movie review of Guardians of the Galaxy. And then join the, the interesting conversation that's taking place on Twitter mm-hmm. in which people are telling me <laughs> that I was a little too harsh. Oh, my grading of Guardians of the Galaxy volume. You, you want to tell them about the grading that we do? Well, I think if you, I, if you missed episode, I have if you to, missed the one shot. I want to acknowledge what you did, Ak. You introduced a grading scale mm-hmm. that we will use from here on forward. Yeah. For one shots in which we're doing letter grades. Right. You know, a, if it's the best movie you've ever seen. B, it's better than average, but you know, it's not the best movie you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. C, if it's average, it's good, but you know, it's average. Most movies that exist. Right. Yeah. D, if it is definitely in need of some work. Below average. Below average. And then F, like what is this? One of the worst movies you've ever truck seen. Juice. Right. Exactly. Yeah. X-Men Apocalypse. I have a news. Wow. So I mean, like if it was that bad, then it deserves an F. Uh, and we we offered our grades. I don't know if I want to actually say what I gave the grade you on add, this episode. Why not? I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking of the SEO. I'm trying to market here. Oh, okay. I'm saying, like, do I want to, do I want to say, look, you, you need to listen to the one shot mm-hmm. in order to find out. There you go. Click here, click here, click here. And now I have your credit card information. Congratulations. Oh, so you want to take people's money. That's how CB does That's how J-Dubs does it. <laughs> really. I got you. Episode 70, J-Dubs takes your credit card information. Look, I, I gave it a C. Okay. And you can find out why. And I I think you and I both agree mm-hmm. that we we have legitimate complaints, but we both had a good time. Yes. But we talked at length yes. about that movie. Yep. So go check that out. Um, one shot movie review on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Also, as you're listening along, tweet at us. Let us know what your thoughts yeah. are on this episode, on some of the topics that we're talking about, um, on what you thought of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I on I am at Octavius A. Newman on Twitter. Adam? 
Adam Tetteris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. And the show's Twitter is at ComicBookJunto, that's J-U-N-T-O. So, what we're going to do, we're going to get into some news, and then we're going to keep this party rolling. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's, let's start this off right, Adam. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what the world, what the, what the rest of us human beings in the world of geek culture got going on. Uh-huh. We saw Guardians of the Galaxy uh-huh. Volume 2. That means other people have seen Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, Volume 2. And everybody, when they go to the movies, they have a different experience. That's okay, right. I am married to oh, okay. my beautiful wife, Alexis. Uh-huh. Alexis, she don't really go to the movies like that. Not interested. You know what I mean? Well, she'll watch. She'll watch. She'll but go. But she's just not into it as much as you are. Yeah. Is Alexis in the blackout congregation? No. No? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I come home. She's like, tell me what happened. And I'm like, absolutely not. She's like, it's just more. I was like, why don't you just go watch it? She goes, it's more fun when you tell me what happens. Mm-hmm. So I just take a stand. I just refuse. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I tell her I don't believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in it. You go watch the movie. We, do, we don't discuss this. I don't, I don't do that. All right, yeah. Do fair, 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 yeah, fair. But I'm, I'm married, so my relationship with going to the movies with my significant other is different. We know what it is. We understand what's going on. We understand what the expectations are. Sometimes she goes. Sometimes she doesn't go. And I know that part of going to the movies with my wife is she is going to ask me questions throughout the movie. Okay. She's going to watch the in same. In the theater. In the theater. Uh, or on the sofa. Uh-huh. Or at somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. Or she's going to sit right next to me, watch the exact same thing that I'm watching, and turn to me and go, why would they do that? Now, how does that work for you? I say, do, you do you take time to actually respond? I say, Alexis, I'm watching the same movie you watch. <laughs> I have no information that you don't have. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I don't know anything I you extra, don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't see extra scenes. I am watching this, this with you. And, and you, of all people, would legitimately not have the additional information. Yeah. You avoid yeah. all of that information. Yeah. Whereas for me, I swear to you, in Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, mm-hmm. I turned to Timory and I said, those are the Watchers. And she goes, I didn't ask. I'm like, okay. Okay, thank you. I'll enjoy your movie. But that just goes to show that everybody has a different experience oh, yeah, and expectation very, very, yeah. when they go to the movies. I like and, talking during the movies. Right. Now, there's certain movies, certain scenarios, certain circumstances where I'm okay with talking through the movies. And I know some people have their certain way that they want to see a movie. They got to have their food. They got to have their certain snacks, <laughs> their certain seat. I know when I go to movies with Kenny, a.k.a. Simba Sparks, middle, middle is where uh-huh. we're going. We're going middle, middle. Middle, you know, middle and height. It's like the way that some people watch the uh, the Eagles play. Yeah. You know, like I need to be exactly in the same spot, wearing mm-hmm. the same socks. I have my corn dog on my right. I have my Diet Dr. Pepper on my left. Why would you do Diet Dr. Pepper? It's only half filled. I had Diet Dr. Pepper one time when all we had was Diet Dr. Pepper. Why and would the, you? Look, the Eagles won. Oh, okay. Eagles now won. I understand. So what am I going to do? I don't like drinking this stuff. Right. But the Eagles won. But you got to do what you got to you know, do, do for the team. You got to do for the team. You got to play your part. So you, you have that ritual that you need to recreate. Right. Some people are very particular. They're very serious about their movie-going experience, and they don't play. There's a gentleman in Texas Mm -hmm. who did not get that perfect experience. He was on a first date. Mm. Someone that I I think he had only just met. I haven't been on a first date in many moons. It's a trip. Okay. They they ain't easy. (laughs) It's a trip. Listen, let me tell you right now, internet... I do not envy those of you who are dating right dating now. Dating is hard, man. I, I, I do not go, oh, man. I, I don't do that. I actually often look at my wife and go, I'm glad. Yeah. I am happy that I am married and I don't have to be bothered with none of this here. <laughs> I am good. I, I watch, My wife and I watch Love and Hip Hop and I'm like, I'm, I love you. <laughs> I am so glad. 
Because we just watch it for the spectacle. We're like, what is this nonsense? Yeah. It's ridiculous. So when I hear about like dating stories, I'm just like, whew. Just turn to Alexis and say, hey, hey God bless you. God, but thank why, you, why Lord. Why would you say that? I'm just, I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> thank you. I have time for it. <laughs> this is enough. Well, this, this guy goes on a date, and I don't want to put it entirely on the guy's perspective, although mm-hmm. the story is largely from his 37-year-old yeah. man. Okay. And Let's he, set, the, set the stage. 37-year-old man goes on a first date, go see a movie. That's a, mm, that's a good right. date option. Yeah. Well, you know what? I would argue that. I don't think it's a very good first date option. Depends. I mean, like, you want to talk to the person, right? Right. But hey, this is me. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about me. Right. So goes on a first date. They go to see Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Fair choice. 3D. Mm. It's an expensive ticket. It is. Got to be like 20 plus. This is, uh, it's actually $17.31. Yo, okay. Texas. Okay. Y'all got them good prices. All right. Okay, Texas. <laughs> it's sad that we can even praise that as a, as a steal. $17.31 mm-hmm. for uh, each ticket. Right. So what, that that is over 30 bucks. Yeah. All told. And apparently, the first date. The, the woman that went with him, I'm, I'm assuming uh, it was a woman that went with him, uh, was texting throughout the film, the entire film. And it had ruined or affected the date and this gentleman's experience mm. so drastically mm-hmm. that he is now suing her now, for damages. All right, now hold on now. Now, in the lawsuit. Now, wait a minute. In the lawsuit, Adam. the suit claims Adam. the woman, quote, Activated her phone at least ten to twenty times. Pam, unquote. Why are you counting how many times? Is ten it? to twenty. That's a that's a large disparity. That's ten times. Yeah, yeah. So, are you counting or are you just exper- remembering? Here's the kicker: when he asked her to stop, mm-hmm. he suggested that she text outside. Oh, so she left the theater and got in her car and drove away. <laughs> it gets better. She was his ride. <laughs> Left his ass in the theater watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, man. Dang. I love it. And Yo, apparently that in is the hilarious. Suit, this guy goes on television in Texas and it says, the, the plaintiff says his date's behavior is a, quote, threat to civilized society, unquote. Chill out, player. Chill out. It ain't. It ain't. A, Chill out. Relax. That is. That is not a threat to civilized society. <laughs> that may be a threat to your ego, or a threat to your feelings, or a threat to your bunions because you got to walk home, or a threat to your pocket because you go got to go buy a transpass or some tokens. Uh, this, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like maybe you had just enough to buy two tickets well, and I'm, get this popcorn and this, and and this corn dog first and this diet Dr Pepper. Yo, you know, you know what? what? You know what? Maybe it is. It's like that episode of Atlanta where Donald Glover, mm-hmm. uh, Ern doesn't have like he doesn't have have but. Any any money. Yeah. And he still takes uh, his girl out on a date and, mm-hmm. you know, she's ordering the, the drink special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, like the lobster and all that stuff. And he's right. like, oh shit, can we cancel all that? Walks over to the bar. Can we cancel some of that? Yo, maybe it is like that. Maybe yeah. it is dire circumstances. And maybe he's like, and after I done bought you all this here, <laughs> you got popcorn, a drink, and a candy. You gonna sit here and activate your phone 10 to 20 times? This is just about the only time I've heard about someone texting during a movie in the theater, and I'm not mad about it. Because I feel Why like you not ma- Why well, you not I mad feel like the, the the guy in this scenario is really blowing it up. 
Now hold on. This lawsuit? Let's look. Okay, lawsuit ridiculous. You know it's blowing it up. And I feel yes. like that must be an indication of his character. Well, now we do a lot of we do a lot of extrapolating. You, yeah. Okay. We do <laughs> a lot of extrapolating. I'm looking at you, 37-year-old Texas plaintiff. Hey, look, all I You're know blowing it up. All I know is let's, if you could take somebody to the movies <laughs> and they on the phone. That is disrespect. That would be like, okay, that is. what are we doing? Yeah. I, especially on a first date, yeah. let's not just look at it from one side. The other side is, hey, I'm here to watch this movie with you. Why are you on your phone? Yes. And that's a reality in the world we live in. Oh, where people have a, a, a closer relationship with their phones than the people they're with. Absolutely. And that's a legit frustration to be like, hey, one, we're on a date together. Two, I paid for this movie ticket. Three, you're disrupting me because yeah. I want to see the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All legitimate concerns. But this so, is why, this is why. But now, movie theater, not a good first date. What's not legitimate? Driving off. <laughs> when to do, see, I mean, because I think it's the reason, hey, you mind not turning your phone on? Yeah. You know what I mean? I've had people say that to me before. I think we've all had our phone on when we shouldn't oh, yeah, have it in the movie theater if we're all transparent. And we've all had somebody say, hey, you mind turning your, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. And even, it's kind of common courtesy to step outside and, you know, if you're going to use your phone, step outside and be indeed, on your phone indeed. because it's not just about you. So to ask her to step outside, that's fair. Mm -hmm. For her to pull off, I think that's a little wild. You know what I mean? Like, well, that, you, go, you go pull off because I asked you to not be on your phone. You're kind of wrong. I'm reading. You uh, are wrong I'm reading for, the, for pulling uh, off. I'm reading between the lines here. They, there's just Sounds no Sounds like way. you're doing headcanon. There's just no way that this is exactly how it went. You oh, know, absolutely like, not. There's just no way. Because there's, that, there's you, her you were story, totally right. Pull, his story and the truth. Peeling out of the parking lot for the movie theater mm -hmm. because someone said, hey, do you mind not doing that in here? That's, that is inordinate. Yeah. You it know what else is ridiculous? Suing somebody for doing it. Agreed. That's ridiculous so, as well. You know, so I think everybody's a little, a little wild <laughs> in this situation. I'm having a great time listening to the story, though. For, you know, every now and then you got to laugh at somebody else's expense. Yeah. You know, is that's that right? True. Is that okay? Is that, was that, is that the moral of the story? I don't know if that's, is that a biblical phrase? All right, strike that from the record, <laughs> Your Honor. I'll take it back. Uh, let's get to uh, some more exciting, this isn't a movie, this is actually television, yes. I believe. Uh, Octavius and I just sat down together and we watched the first trailer for Star Trek Discovery. Mind you, we were trying to, to figure out OBS so that we could do a trailer reaction for YouTube. OBS is not an irritable bowel thing, by the way. Yes. OBS sounds bad. Yeah, it does. But it's video capture. It sounds like either a rap group, a rap crew, <laughs> a record label. Hey, it's OBS. Yeah. And our stomachs hurt. <laughs> exactly. And they, they, they got his little nephew in this. <laughs> yeah, and he just walks out holding his abdomen. He's like, ah, ah. No, no. <laughs> those, those are ad libs. <laughs> ah, uh, uh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, look, we sat down and we watched Star Trek Discovery's first trailer. Uh, I'm curious what your background is with Star Trek. My, my aunts, uncles, and mother love Star Trek. Hold on. That was a lot of relationship. Let's go backwards. My aunts, yep. uncles, yes. and my mother love Star Trek. They would claim being Trekkies. Okay. So I watched it kind of like by default. Mm -hmm. That was one of the geek shows that would come on. My mom would be like, oh, okay. And she would just sit there and watch it, like mm -hmm. actually be into it. Mm -hmm. There wasn't much else that she responded that way to in no geek culture, uh. but Star Trek was one of them. Okay. No so I was exposed to Star Trek in that way. I can say for me... I'm not one of the people who's watched every episode of Star Trek and knows every single story. I mean, 
I probably know more about Family Guy. I've seen probably more episodes of Family Guy than I've seen of Star Trek. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I've probably seen more episodes of Seinfeld than I've seen of Star Trek, of, of, of Fresh Prince, of Martin. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I've seen more episodes of that. But I'm a fan of it in general. I'm a fan of the movies. And I'm a fan of people of color being leading roles, women of color being in leading roles in geek culture that yeah. I'm a fan of. Yes. So that's how I tie it all back together. So that's my main introduction to this and i go okay let me see what this is about and in watching the trailer i'm like this kind of has the same essence of what i remember the tv show being when mm -hmm. i was watching it growing up and even as i come back to it and i catch it here and there it seems like the same kind of vibe and i'm interested and it has the cinematic quality of the jj abrams movies you think so i think so i think because it's a step down when i a couple steps down well of course you know this is on a television but budget. it's not gotham no 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 it's, no. Not, it's not it's not gotham. like the flash it no. seems above that it does seem above that because when i think of star trek and i, I have to preface for some reason trek is like it is the corner of geek universe that i have not plundered I, I was on an, uh, a podcast about Star Trek in which I had to admit on air, I've never seen any episodes of Star Trek. Did they look at you and threaten you with the Vulcan death grip? No. <laughs> he said, Nanu, Nanu, and he blasted me. Nanu, and Nanu. Why would that be? That's from Mork and Mindy. I, I don't really, I'm unaware of yeah, what's happening. You just connect not Mork and Mindy. <laughs> I was just in there disrespecting Vulcans, and he was throwing stuff at me. He set uh, uh, tasers to kick my ass out of the podcast. Wow. But uh, I I really enjoyed it. He had grace for me, and we we uh, watched an episode together, and we talked about it together. And I came to have this respect for the show based on how much he loved it. And as I'm watching uh, this, I'm thinking of the episode that I watched on that podcast because the episode that I watched was Star Trek: The Next Generation, and it has this kind of you know Trek has this cheese ball production value, mm -hmm. you know, really looks like a soap, the way that they dress, the way that it's shot. Uh, some of that but is that just, was just normal to me. Yeah. That's yeah. just how, that's just what it looks like. Yeah. So I'm just saying this one to me, the trailer looks really updated. It, it looks like it's got crazy production value, but gorgeous. And two women of color yeah. are the lead characters. But the thing is, I think it, it feels like the same. It's from the same tribe. Okay. The yeah. same yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of vibe. Even though I only saw a little bit. So that's why I say I'm interested. I don't know if I'm like, yo, I gotta see this. Because it's kind of like, okay, let's see, let's see what actually happens in the show if it keeps my attention. Sure. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of TV on. It hits uh CBS in the fall. So it's coming to CBS. Um, I'm, I'm not sure when exactly. And I want to point out Michelle Yeoh, one of the women who's leading in this cast, she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes. Uh, she was in Sunshine, the movie Sunshine, which was so dope. And also, uh, Sonequa Martin-Green is in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Sasha. Yeah. And I'm looking at that, I'm thinking... I don't know who that character is. You don't know who Sasha is? Because I haven't watched Walking Dead oh, yeah. in a long time. I will say... Internet, at Adam Tedderus. Tell Adam Tedderus to read The Walking Dead and watch The Walking Dead. Yeah. He needs your encouragement. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see how I respond to that. I, I probably won't. Just, so, uh, come on, Adam. If Look, Do if right Sinequa Martin-Green is in it, then yeah, sure, I'll sign up. Because I'm looking at her IMDb page right now, and yeah, I'll, fo I'll follow. Okay. I will follow. Okay. She's impressive. All right. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about her acting skills right now? Yes. I don't think you are, Adam. Well, yeah, I am. 
The Walking Dead sounds great. Like You've a great seen, program. You've never seen the show. And she's beautiful. Oh, okay. And I'm definitely interested in watching uh, Star Trek Discovery because I think this is the first time the captain is a woman. I mean... This is 10 years before I, Kirk. I don't, yeah, and, and that's another interesting thing they said. It's 10 years before Kirk, mm-hmm. which is like, okay... Is that we're, okay? Let's see what that's about. Yeah, and it also seems like Sasha's character is mixed between a human, a black human, and a Vulcan. She's played. Which she's, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's played. She's doing. She's a daywalker. She's a daywalker. Yeah, you're really mixing up a lot of things right now. <laughs> hey man, internet at Adam Tedderis. If you have any uh, commentary about Adam's uh, Star Trek knowledge <laughs> and commentary, okay, feel free to let him know what your thoughts are and your opinions. Oh, Nene Estradain, Nanu Nanu, I don't, Ewan I don't. All right. Anyway, moving on. We talked about this on the original episode seventy, the lost episode, the lost episode. But um, now I want to talk about it again. More Walking Dead. There is going to be. A Walking Dead game yeah. that's coming out. Now, we've had the Telltale Games, Telltale Games. Great games. Great games. We had another game before, which was eh, not so great. Mm-hmm. But the folks over at Overkill are gonna be working with Skybound and they're gonna be making a Walking Dead video game. Now, it's going to be a single player or a co op game. See, that's what I'm interested in. And there's gonna be a lot of what the Walking Dead comic book. Like that essence brought to the game. The teaser for this game is interesting because it's it's it doesn't show gameplay. It showed a girl crying and banging on a door. And well, it Mr. Didn't Mr. Show, it didn't show Just a silhouette of of her. And then there's you know you understand that there's a, a guy in the room and he turns the TV off to pretend that he's not there. Spoilers, by the way. And Adam is going. Yo, he's going. Here's here's how Just I feel you know. about teaser spoilers. Not a real thing. It is not a real thing. Listen, for me, teaser spoilers. Respect people's agency. <laughs> okay. <laughs> teaser spoilers for me are like Santa Claus or Rumpelstiltskin. Listen, here's how I feel about spoilers. You come up on me sideways, I'm going to set you straight. <laughs> okay. You come at me sideways, I'm going to set you straight. That's how I feel about Octavius it. is the type of person who would consider a release date a spoiler. You're like, nah, you, see, why would you, you tell me it comes you, out? Nah, you, I wanted you to stretch, accidentally walk into truth. that theater, what? And sit down, and be stunned. Blade 7. <laughs> <laughs> He's back? Oh, it ain't that bad. But look, wait, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Matt Damon? Yeah, yeah. How did he? I hate to tell you, but he Matt replaced... Damon as, West, as Wesley Snipes as <laughs> Matt Blade? Matt Damon as Wesley Snipes as Blade protecting the Great Wall of China. Oh my gosh. That's right. The, the Walking Dead teaser for the video game, it's profoundly depressing. And disturbing, yes. Yeah. And that's exactly what The Walking Dead is, and it's got me excited. So I'm curious how they translate that into a video game that I want to have fun playing. Because, look, there are some pieces of media right now that are too stressful for me to partake in. Resident Evil 7 is too stressful for me to play. So if you're if Walking Dead, the video game, is always going to give me this very angst-ridden, it doesn't get worse than this, That's humanity. about right. If it gives me that, That's, I don't know if I'm going to be down. That, or you don't want, you probably don't want to read, watch, or play The Walking Dead because that's the walking dead yeah that's the whole point point. and if they get yeah. a video game that captures you have horrible decision or <laughs> or here's another option terrible decision Ooh. which one do you want to go mm. with and that's kind of like it's behind door number three um, suicide <laughs> yeah suicide and then door number four death so <laughs> good, 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 what good, do you want to do somebody yeah. got to die and yeah. that that is the walking dead reading it watching it and i would and i would actually assume that there's a level of that in playing it because 
that thing that's the thing about this ongoing horror story which mm-hmm. is it's easy to be a good guy when everything's going good mm-hmm. but who are you when it hits the fan mm-hmm. and that's what the walking dead when the walking dead's doing it at its highest level does for me is it really makes you ask yourself that question which goes my wife or my daughter mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah wh- where do i go and it's like no 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 there's gotta be a third option no no there's no third option either your wife or your daughter what about me? No, because if you die, everybody dies. Sure. It's like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. That's The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it's also, uh, I don't know if you remember 28 days later and the yep. follow-up to that, yep. uh, 28 weeks later. The beginning of 28 weeks later was upsetting because it, it poses that kind of decision. But, yo, hey, it's like Kendrick says, when the shit hits the fan, are you still emotionally and mentally prepared to deal with the circumstances before you? Right. One of one of my favorite tracks. The the lyricist King Kendrick. Mm. No one could have said it better than him. That's right. So they're gonna be um there we are not gonna see any of the original characters from the from the comic book or the TV show. Oh okay. in this game, from what I understand, but they are gonna be working with Skybound to continue to be able to develop and they're putting a lot of work in this, they're putting a lot of money in this, they're putting a lot of effort into this. So if they're putting that much energy into this, I can I just hope that this is gonna be a great, great game. And there's screenshots out there in it if you want to check them out. So if you just Google um, the Walking Overkill, the Walking Dead game, I'm sure you'll be able to see those. Yeah. Yeah, it's looking really good. I'm excited about it. All right. Uh, did you catch the trailer for Glow, Netflix original series? I did. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, Netflix, you are just cranking them out. Yeah. Netflix has good good show after good show after good show. It's one of the best networks, TV networks out right now. Yeah, they're blowing you know what up. I mean? Absolutely. So, Glow, is it g- Gorgeous Ladies of, of wrestling, wrestling? Which was a real thing. Yeah, because when I saw Glow, I was like, what is Glow? Yeah. And then I saw wrestling, I was like, wait, oh, Glow? Like wrestling Glow? Yes. And it's kind of like a documentary comedy TV, TV show about, you know, scripted series about the, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, and this and is from the really, people really cool. who made uh, Orange is the New Black. So it seems like they're in good with Netflix. They've proved their their talent and their value, and they're back with a totally new show, yeah. new series. I'm feeling it. I, I had I no say, idea. Watch it? I had no idea this was coming. I I watched the trailer and I'm really really into it. Orange is the New Black didn't stick with me for a long time. I watched the first season. Yeah, of that, I, didn't, I didn't stay. With and it. then I faded off. And I understand that some people really love it, but I I don't know if I'm coming back to it. But Glow looks great. Mm-hmm. Allison Brie is amazing. Is it Mark Marin? I think yeah, that's Mark right. Marin's in yeah, it? as the as the guy who is starting the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like he's great in it. I'm I'm stoked. It, it looks like a really good show, and it seems great. It also seems dope to have a cast of uh, women leads entirely. Yeah, Fem- female leads. Yeah, entirely women who are just badasses and and doing their thing in the ring. Uh, the show comes out relatively soon too, June twenty third. And friends of mine have mentioned that there is an actual documentary about Glow hmm. out there that I would like to catch at some point in time and you know compare the. Uh, the version that Netflix is doing to, I guess, the real thing. But, yo, I'm, I'm very into this. This looks terrific. Yeah. All right. Now, Inhumans. 
Yeah. We've got some Inhumans information that's floating around out there. We got a little teaser trailer, which doesn't really show anything. Nope. But a type logo treatment and some talking, mm -hmm. which is similar to what we saw with Iron Fist, which was an urn with some smoke coming up out of it, light smoke, to let us know Nonsense. what was coming in the future, Nonsense. which was light work. Nothing Nonsense. serious was coming from Iron Fist. But what we have now is uh, apparently some people have seen the full trailer mm -hmm. for Inhumans, which mm -hmm. is probably coming Relatively so. I would assume so. ABC does an event called Upfront, and they showed a live audience the first trailer. And the thing that gets me is people are tweeting about how happy they are with Lockjaw. Lockjaw is the gigantic, mustache-having, toon-fork-wearing bulldog. Seems awesome. Who teleports the, the, the right hand and pet of Black Agar Boltagon. Nothing is normal about Inhumans. What I know is people are responding positively to Lockjaw, and that gets me excited because Octavius, the promo image for Inhumans looks like trash. Hmm. And Medusa looks like that wig is horrible. Trash, though? I think the image looks like a show I do not want to watch. Yeah, I like the Inhumans it, 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 a lot. Yeah, it wasn't too, like... It, the the visual wasn't does it does it provoke you into being like damn nah, no, I need to right. see this you're right it doesn't yeah because it we doesn't. usually say I, I have to see a move and for me I'm looking at that I'm like mm, I got to see a lot more than this yeah and we, I know we've talked about this in the past sometimes there are set photos of things and they're not flattering like when we fr we first got to look at Black Panther right in Civil War right set photos you know they look whack like, ah. he's all uh, dangling from lines and yeah yeah slowly coming down a building side. But in the movie, it looks amazing. And that would be the case with the Inhumans, if not for the fact that this is the official promo shot. This isn't a set photo on an iPhone. Mm -hmm. It's the shot that ABC said, yeah, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. Show, show them that one. So I'm getting excited that people are into Lockjaw, and that's kind of my... I think that's my my source of hope. I mean, who would, who wouldn't want Lockjaw as a pet? No, I want Lockjaw as a pet. Absolutely, yeah. he can teleport you wherever you want to go. Right, he's huge. Right, where do you buy food for that? You just go teleport, eat the food, you and know, then teleport that's back. A really good point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You don't need to buy anything. You got to think like Black Bolt, really. Yeah. 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 How does Black Bolt yell at his dog if the dog does something like "Get off the couch"? I'm sure. He can't. I'm sure it's just like snapping hand gestures, sign language. Now, Black Bolt's ability as an inhuman is his voice. Just the sound of his voice, a single decibel, would wreak havoc on everything around. It would yes. just destroy everything. Yes. So he is the silent king. Mm -hmm. So if that dog ever jumped up on the good chair, <laughs> the good chair. <laughs> exactly. You see Black Bolt clenching his jaw. So they have to have something maybe telepathic. I, I just I snap at Logan a lot. Yeah. Logan understands hand gestures. He understands noises. Yeah. You know, like even sometimes when I'm making a point and I'm like, yo, Logan will turn around, and look at me like, what's good? You you need something? You need me? Yeah. And he'll come up to me. He's like, You don't need me? All right, well, can you stop snapping, please? I'm confused. Can you imagine if you were Black Bolt and and your gigantic bulldog, mm -hmm. Lockjaw? Like starts peeing on something in the house, and immediately you would be like, "Hey!" And then your whole wall comes down. I think, I think, and you immediately realize what just happened. You go, shit, and then the whole other wall comes down. <laughs> you just level the whole house, and the last thing you're thinking about is lockjaw. <laughs> 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 destroy your whole neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I, so look, I, I would hope by at at this point. <laughs> 
he would have enough sense to be able to be like, just like, not sure, just control himself. <laughs> Can you imagine the amount of like self control you have to have? No, to, to be able to speak <laughs> and not speak. No, especially me. That's not a power I want. I straight up said I like talking during a movie. That's the time when you're not supposed to talk. So the time when oh, I he really can't even not, laugh. No, oh, nothing. Gosh. Show him vine. I love show laughing. him vine and see what happens. You know how good laughing feels. It feels. It good. feels amazing. <laughs> amazing. You can't even laugh, nor can you cry. You, you can't. Even, to... You can't even express emotion. No. I'm sure you can no. express emotion, but like you know the vocal aspect of emotion. Yeah. Like even a good cry. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get that out of you, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, well Black Bolt. We, we shall see. Uh, speaking of a good cry, I'm crying with joy mm. over here. Finally, Shin Godzilla is coming to the United States. It's already here. Once more. October 11th. We got it on October 11th. Right. Which we know is a famous day. goes down in history. Right. Shin Godzilla, the day the kidney came out, the day Shin Godzilla came out. That's right. It's a big day. Big day in 2016. Uh, and Shin Godzilla has just been chilling like unavailable to watch. It's mm-hmm. not in theaters. Yeah, and you can't there for a short time. Yeah, you, you you can't get a hold of it. So if you have not seen Shin Godzilla, your chance is coming soon. It has been announced officially. There will be an American Blu-ray release, and I'm so excited because it comes out this summer. This 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 is an ugly feat. This 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 guy's ugly. Incredibly ugly. Shin Godzilla is yeah. an ugly ugly thing. Like terrible terrible. Yeah. Horrible face, mangled at like mouth. The, the teeth, teeth are just out tiny of tiny beady world. eyes. Hideous. Did you happen to catch Shin Godzilla yet? No. So this might be the time we would have to do a one shot. Right. Yep. There we it would is. Have to. So when it comes out, August first is the date. If you've joined CBJ for any amount of episodes, if you listen to our episode O Positive, episode you know thirty nine. You positive. know that uh, uh, we went through a transplant together. Octavius has uh, Lisa left kidney Lopez. That's my left kidney. Right. And he's kicking it still. Because if it didn't happen like that, we wouldn't have episode 70 right now. Yeah, probably not. Or at least we'd be doing it at the Vita Dialysis Center. Yeah. And we'd have all the beeping in the background. Which would not be the move. (laughs) Which would not be the move. So I'm stoked about Shin Godzilla. That's big news. That's right. Now, internet, you may or may not know what it's hitting for when it comes to spoilers for me. Okay? But the bottom line is this. Okay? I've said it earlier in the show. I'm going to say it again. He doesn't even like getting the release If you come at me sideways about spoilers, I'm going to set you straight. Okay? (laughs) Don't come at me sideways. I don't want to know nothing about nothing. Yeah. I, I want to watch one trailer, which I've already seen for Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I black out no other trailers, no reviews, no con- no, no, no people, nobody's opinions. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see posters. I don't even want to. I, I want to forget what I even saw. <laughs> so Adam and I <laughs> use Trello to plan our episodes. So I walk, I mean, I'm sitting down, we're getting ready to record this episode and I look on Trello and it says Star Wars, the last Jedi um, advertisement promises a shocking revelation. I look at Adam and I said, what is this? Mm-hmm. Why do you have this? I don't want, do I, why, why are you putting this in here? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to sabotage me? No, that's not what it is. Is this a trick? I would hope that you try. 45 me. put you up this? Oh no. I got tapes. I got a memo. I all got, I know, listen, all I know yeah. is Adam J Dub Tedris, you better hope there are no tapes. Okay, these conversations before yeah. he starts talking to Hydra Cap. Okay, I know Cap, I know Hydra, I know Hydra Cap. Uh-huh. Believe me, 
I know exactly what's going on. Forty five bugged my forty five bugged my microwave, so he was listening to my conversation. I know what's going on with the cosmic cube. I've got a cosmic cube. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking the other day. I got day, the cosmic cube on deck. All, I got a cosmic cube on deck and the forty five because <laughs> it's forty five in the space. You know what it's in for. Mm-hmm. Another thing is. I was thinking, I used the word cosmic cube before. I made it up. Pretty sure I made it up. Oh, I, think it's an, I think it's new. Mm. I like it. I think it'll work. I've heard that. What do you think? I've heard Does that. Does that work for you? Yeah. All right. Thank you for inventing the word Junto. Listen. A comic book. I made it up. And, and asshole. I made it all up. Sure. It was me. Yeah. And listen, I've got the codes. I've got the keys. I'll prove it to you. I'll tell you all of them. I wake up every day hoping that I'm going to plug in my, head, my, my headphones uh-huh. and I'm going to hear NPR say, We did it! Yeah, that's it. Breaking news. He gone. And that's it. That would yeah. just be it. You know, yeah. just the sound of a mic drop or something like that. Like the sound of the microphone at NPR. You got to imagine that every time somebody talks to, talks, talks to 45, they're looking around like, did we get him? Yes. Is that it? Or do, yes. we, do we have enough? Is this it? Yeah. No? Whoa. What else do you want? Horrible. What else, do you, what else what, what are we looking for? Horrible. What else do we need? Mm-hmm. But anyway... Uh, look, anyway, I thought, we're talking about basically. Star Wars. I thought I had I had Hydra Adam here, not a trap, or forty five put him up to something. No, or it's a trap, 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 trap. <laughs> exactly. Admiral Akbar put his roof down at the red light. <laughs> it's a trap, 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 trap. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I wanted to include this because I want to. I want to theorize here. Okay. Apparently, in this upcoming Star Wars movie, uh, there's there's official promotion from uh, uh, Skywalker or, or what is it? Um, mm. The name of the production company, um, Lucas the Film Studio, Lucas Films. Yeah, Lucas Films. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's official promo that says the most shocking truth in Star Wars history will soon be revealed, December fifteenth. Be ready for the shocking truth surpassing the previous stories. Okay. So they're saying that this will be the most shocking thing to happen in any Star Wars. And we know, without even getting into it, even though I don't believe that this is... I think this is pop culture that everyone knows, but I'm not going to say it. We know for Star Wars, that's a big deal. Because one of the biggest spoilers of all time is a giant pop icon from Star Wars. Okay. Luke. Mm Mm-hmm. I am your father. Right. So for them to say that, I'm like, no! So what could it be? Or no. What could it possibly be? It's easy. Mm. He's Hydra. (laughs) Luke is Hydra. (laughs) Simple. We don't, it's obvious. (laughs) See, that works because Marvel and Disney (laughs) and Star Wars. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. That's it. The whole time. Secret. Empire? Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, the whole time Luke was an undercover like spy for Hydra, and, oh. under, and you know, which is you know, they say it's not really like, um, what am I saying? Nazis, mm-hmm. but really, what it was is just the dark side. Okay, and we, you know, a long time ago <laughs> in the galaxy, far, far away, it was the dark side, <laughs> okay. and then as time moved forward, they turned in the dark side, turned in the Nazis, oh. and then the dark side turned into Hydra. Just a brief history lesson yeah. from your friends at Comic Book Junto. Yeah, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker leans into Ray and he says, "You've learned everything. Everything I have to teach you. I have last two words to give you the secret of the Force. I'm hungry." Hail Hydra. There it he is. He leans in. Hail Hydra. And then he's like, turns around, winks at the film, 
And then the entire he turns around and winks at the camera. It's like, like, gotcha. No. Yeah, if it was Hill Hydra, that would be. But I mean, probably something like. That is funny as hell. The dark side was really. But I'm gonna tell you this: in all, you know, Black was just a guy in a suit. He takes a head off. He's like, whoo. It's been seven movies I've been in this. It's really just four people inside, wow. inside the Chewbacca suit. <laughs> Boy, is it hot in there. Dang. It has been a long time I've been waiting to take that off. I'm very excited to find out what this, this shocking truth is. I'm going to tell you this. Here's how I feel as a member of the, as a founding member of the Black Hawk Congregation. I did not need to know that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know that. I just want to go watch the movie and experience that. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Because now, what am I going to be doing? Looking for it. Sure. Waiting for it. Sure. Listening no, for it. No, you're right. It changes the Is way that, that it? you receive information. Is this the thing? Is that what they were talking about? Is this the moment? Is that that thing they were talking about? I don't want to know that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know that information. I don't need you to say that information out loud. I'm going to see this movie. This movie is going to make a billion dollars. We know that. But you don't need to show me your hand all the time. Just do the magic trick. Yeah. Just do the magic trick. Yeah. Don't tell me about the magic trick. Don't say, watch my left hand, watch my left hand, watch my left hand, and boop, it's in my left hand. But this is is the way that it seems everything gets promoted now you know that the drip of information when you have uh, character bios and then you have screens and then you have posters and check out what the poster looks like in different countries and look at the trailer and now look at the trailer uh, version 1.2 and the trailer version 2 and the version 2.3 and we have so many pieces of media that to be in the blackout congregation is, I think, the only way to be safe from having everything ruined or having your attention be altered. And it's, I, of course, it's going to happen with Star Wars. We have to do this. We're going to put up with this, Octavius, until December. Yep. We got a long time to go. But this is why. And you know, like, Reddit is going to try to figure it out and all that. But this is why when I saw it in the trailer, I was like, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. Why is this here? Because honestly... If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be having this conversation. Oh, yeah, of course. Because I don't want to know this, and I don't want to talk about this. Because this does affect my experience as a member of the Blackout Congregation going to see Star Wars now. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of stuff that makes me go, I I don't want to know. Did you hear that? I I, I don't want to know. Did you hear? I don't want to hear nothing. Mm -hmm. Keep it to yourself. Stop. Go away. Take your information, go talk to somebody else. I think the wording they used for this promotion is strange. It, it looks like, or sounds like, tabloid, you know? You won't believe saying. the shocking truth behind Star Wars. Like, what, what is it? Is it weight loss pills? What, what could it be? It's strange that they would disseminate this information in this way. But yeah, you know, it's got everybody turned up. People are ready to try to figure it out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, big budget movies... Like they, they have to do a whole lot of work to make sure that they can ensure that they're getting that money back. Oh, which absolutely. So I understand that a lot of this is just the game. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. You got to do this stuff to make sure you get your money back, which is a big difference between big budget films and, you know, smaller budget films, for example, which transi- transitions us Perfect. into our next topic, which is Jordan Peele, writer, director of Get Out, the highest grossing film 
of 2017, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think. Far beyond that, I believe. Yeah. I mean, it, it did gangbusters. Yeah. I mean, I think it costs like $5 million to make. I think he's close to $120, $140 million. Mm-hmm. So it's if gr- you were texting 10 to 20 times in the theater during Get Out, I'm going to ask you to get in your car and peel off. Yeah. You got to get out. But are you going to sue the person? Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll might see be, about that. Might be doing a lot. But yeah, Jordan Peele, obviously, you take $5 million, you make pff, however many X dollars on top of that, everybody wants you to come make a movie. And we talked uh-huh. about one of our past episodes how Warner Brothers was courting Jordan Peele to do Akira. Yeah, we talked about whether or not that makes any sense, right? I think there was a little bit of conflicting opinion. Uh, should he do it? Would it make sense? Is it a form of appropriation? Like, what is it? And I determined that, I mean, I just don't want to see an Akira movie straight up, and I would rather see uh, uh, Peel do something else. Yeah, and Peel has some thoughts about it, and his general thought, well, I'll just read the quote. Yeah. He says, I think I could do it if the story justifies it. And he says, Akira is one of my favorite movies. And I think obviously the story justifies as big a budget as you can possibly dream of. But the real question for me is, do I want to do pre-existing material or do I want to do original content? At the end of the day, I want to do original stuff. Bless you, sir. And I said, yes, Mm -hmm. let the congregation say, Amen. Mm-hmm. That is exactly Amen. what I wanted to hear. Yeah. You know, and I mean, of course, we uh, Akira done right live action could be dope, could be awesome, could be cool. But when I saw Get Out and I go from the mind of Jordan Peele, I want more from the mind of Jordan Peele. Yeah. That, that's what I want. I want more. And I want to know what else he's got going on. And we have more. Apparently, he's going to yeah. be working on an HBO series. Yeah. So he's not actually going to be directing this, but he's going to be producing this. Okay. Yeah. So this isn't something he's writing and directing himself, but this is going to be based off of, uh, I think it's called Lovecraft something. Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Uh, so this is uh, the Lovecraftian stories, HP Lovecraft, um, American horror icon, the Call of Cthulhu, the Shoggoth, a lot of really, really existentially terrifying stories. Although, for as much uh, a fandom there is for that content, Lovecraft was real racist. Real racist. So it looks like this, this series, Lovecraft Country, is going to actually focus on 1950s Jim Crow America. Mm-hmm. So it says, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country follows 25-year-old Atticus Black, who joins up with his childhood friend Leticia and his uncle George to embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America to find his missing father. The journey sets off their fight to survive an overcoming booth of racist terrors of white America and malevolent spirits. Okay. So um, it's going to... Huge cast that's actually, or or not the cast, but behind the scenes players. Uh, J.J. Abrams, uh, Ben Stevenson, the guys from Bad Robot. They only make cool shit. So this looks like a really good show. And it's an HBO show, and we know that HBO has been doing great stuff. Um, At some point in time, at some point in time, we will have to talk about Leftovers someday. Because that HBO show is not playing around. Yes. And uh, I'm really stoked. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and I'm trying to find out who's going to be the writer and director on that. Did, did I send, it, send you that in the 
in a text. I'm, I'm not sure. To, do we have that information yet? Yeah, I we do have it. I'm going to try to look it up as we continue on with the show. All right, some other news we, to say that. we can skip to. Uh, this is just something that I put in here because it, it is delightful to me. I have been obsessed with The Witcher 3. I've been playing the video game Witcher 3 on my Xbox One for so damn long. And I, I play a different game and then I always come back to The Witcher 3. And right now, I am sunk deep inside of The Witcher 3, and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And I found out this morning that The Witcher is getting a Netflix series. And I don't know anything about it, but it's going to uh, uh, touch on the novels. Apparently, there were eight full-fledged novels, all of the video games, uh, The Witcher 1 and 2 and 3. I'm, I'm so, so excited because the world of The Witcher, if you know anything about this video game, is super dense with really cool lore. I don't know anything about this. It's this like really adult fantasy. So imagine a super M-rated Lord of the Rings. And The Witcher is the guy that you uh, you would hire to go and kill. He's kind of like Blade, honestly. He's like half human, half, you know, something else. And uh, half Wesley Snipes. Half Star-Lord. Half Star-Lord. And uh, he... He's the bounty hunter who you would hire to go and kill the monsters that are terrorizing an area. And it takes you on all these different places and you help these different kingdoms. And it is one of my favorite games of all time. I'm so excited that we're getting a TV show. I'm curious if it's going to be live action or if it's going to be animated. Hmm. Because I feel like I have no idea how you're going to do this live action. It's hard to do a fantasy show in live action and, and not make it look wacky. You know? Well... We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Now, going right, going back to um, the Lovecraft story, um, Lovecraft Country was it? Um, the mm-hmm. the the like. What am I trying to say? The person who's going to be helming the show is mm-hmm. Misha Green. Mm-hmm. She's the co-creator and executive producer of the Underground mm. TV show Underground. Mm. She was also a writer on Spartacus. Heroes and Sons of Anarchy. Oh, so hey, she's got credit. So that it's important that she doesn't get fully overshadowed by J.J. Abrams. Yeah, of course. Jordan of course. Peele. It's like, well, hold on. No, that's the story. Let's keep in mind, Misha Green, <clears throat> woman of color, black woman, yeah. is going to be leading the show. She is the person who's going to be helming the show. And she's got quite the track record. So shout out to her. Really looking forward to that. And look at HBO making moves. We got Insecure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We've got, we've, got, we've got stories from black folks, people of color on HBO. And I think that's good. That's a good look. And it appears that Lovecraft Country is actually a book. Uh, it's a book written by a guy named Matt Ruff. So, hey, if you want to get caught up on the show before the show even comes out, that's the thing. Um, I'm watching American Gods right now, and I'm thinking, should I be reading the book? I got to start. Is that a comic book? It's a, it's a novel. It was a Neil Gaiman novel from oh, okay. uh, years ago. So I'm, every time I watch the TV show, I think I got to go back and read. Because the show is cool as hell. And I imagine the book is just more of that. Yeah, I got to start watching that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That show is crazy. All right. Last piece of news we got here. Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, Black Panther and the Crew, has been canceled. <sighs> this was not welcome news. This uh, Two issues. Yeah, two issues are out. And they canceled it. And it's only it, gonna have it will s- get to finish its arc. It's going to go to six issues and it's going to be canceled. The thing... There's so many parts of this that make me really angry, but the thing that gets me more than anything else is how I'm trying to come to terms with the business 
and intricacies of comic industry? Because I'm a patron. I'm a fan. I want to know yeah. how to support my thing. Yeah. And Tanahasi Coates doing work on Black Panther, it's great. Him doing stuff with Roxanne Gay for World of Wakanda, it's great. And the crew, Black Panther and the crew, was shaping up to be really dope. Yeah. Really dope. And the fact that it only gets two issues, and without anyone being able to have any say, Marvel just cut the cord. They say that the cancellation is due to poor sales. But uh, it, it, that makes sense. Financially, you know, somebody says, look, it wasn't selling. And it, at, at face value, you can say, okay, I get that. I understand why you need to cut your losses. But what gets me, Ock, is they pour all of their money into advertising some books. Like Cable. Like Cable, or every X-Men book, right. or every single version of Spider-Man that exists. Right. They know there's some characters that are going to sell like crazy, but they don't spread that out, or, yeah. or they do spread it out too far, and they don't, they don't focus, I think, attention on the books like this. Like, I th- Yeah, I think if they were to put the time and energy and resources behind Black Panther and the crew, behind Nighthawk, mm-hmm. behind um, fill-in-the-blank with whatever book. The, the book Mockingbird, I really liked. That got the same treatment. I was really upset about that one. Yeah. Um, I I know uh, Patsy Walker, Hellcat. I loved Hellcat. That one got the same treatment. And I, you know what bothers me? I came up with this analogy. What bothers me is how many issues man thing is getting. Yo! It, and it got signed for a five issue for sure, for sure. We're doing five issues. How's man thing, which I, is not a good book. No. Getting this many Getting, getting like uh, off the bat. Axel Alonzo, I know you're listening to the show. Thank you for the five stars and the positive comment. Axel, come on the show and tell your origin story. We do appreciate you. As as the uh, the the world's uh, uh, preeminent Man-Thing fan. You got a Man-Thing tattoo, just so you know. Okay. I'm speaking from my heart and also my forearm. That's correct. I'm here to vouch. This doesn't, this doesn't add up. This does not line up. Man-Thing by R.L. Stein is not worthy. Who's talking about Man-Thing by R.L. Stein other than people talking about it not being good? Us. Me and you. Yeah. Me, mostly. You just have to deal with it, unfortunately. I just think it's funny. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's just it's not worthy. And Ta-Nehisi Coates has something good. I mean, there's an actual opportunity to increase representation, to tell stories about black characters as black people. I, I think it's unfair that this terrible incarnation of Man-Thing is being told while Black Panther and the crew gets two issues and then it just gets cut. And it, it made me think of this I mean, analogy. Power Man and Iron Fist. How's Power Man and Iron Fist not, yeah, not, the same. not still going? And that's, that seems strange, too, because it's like they're cannibalizing their own thing. Because there is a Power Man book out today. Yeah, Luke it's Cage. Cage. It's Cage. It's great. Right. Did you read it? Yeah, and it's terrific. Yeah. I really like it. It's David F. Walker, and, and he's, I mean, he's proved himself. He's awesome. There's also an Iron Fist book, and there's this, I think this thing that happens is you go into the store and you think, well, I like Power Man and Iron Fist, so what has them on it? Let me pick up the book that says Power Man and Iron Fist. Oh, there's a Luke Cage book. Should I pick that up too? Is that part of the continuity? Oh, there's an Iron Fist book too. Oh, shit. That's three books. I was only on planning on getting one. Mm-hmm. And now... I don't know if I'm going to buy any of them. And the same thing with hap- happened to Black Panther. Black Panther has a book out, and then World of Wakanda, yep. and then Black Panther and the crew. Yep. Now, if you're in the know, you realize that you can read any of them in whatever order, you know, enjoy it individually. Right. They're all individual, like, 
streams of, of storytelling that you can follow. But if you're collectively or individually, if you're new to this, it, it follows that you might suspect you need to read all three. I mean, it's literally the same creative team spread throughout about the same characters. So do I need to read all of them? Well, shit, that's $12 now. I was only spending four. You know, so it's, I, I think that's a problem. But in my mind, Marvel has this idea that they're going to go to a horse race. Have you ever gone to a horse race? Uh, no, I, I don't think I have. You have the opportunity to bet on the horses. And you go in and you choose the horses that you want to place and show. And it's like, do they get first and second and third and box and all of these complicated things. But you can put money behind the horse that you think is going to win. And then you can decide, you know what? I'm just going to spread my money around. I'm going to put all the money toward this one that I know is going to win. And then I'm only going to give a buck to every single other horse, just in case. And I think that's how Marvel approaches promoting their comics. Interesting. Because they know Captain America is the horse that's going to pull through every time. They know Spider-Man is that legacy that's always going to get a certain amount of sales. Iron Man. I mean, look at the legacy characters, the ones that have been around forever. Yep, yep. But it means they don't put those same resources behind Black Panther and the crew. And then look, well, it didn't sell. Issue two. I guess uh, we may as well just kill it before it has an opportunity to even get found. Yo, that's messed up. Yeah. And that is a loss. Yeah, because I, I know that that would have continued. Well, not, I don't know, but I believe that would have continued on to be really good because it was, it was shaping up to be good. Um, but just, you know, I'm we've so got, we've got black Panther still, and hopefully that we still still have opportunities in the future to have more stories told by a more, a greater expanding representation of the people who consume this, this media, Yeah, you know, who consume geek culture. So that's what the hope is. As a patron, I would love more transparency into how the hell the industry works. I mean, how, how does this work? How do you make money? How do I know what I need to buy to make sure that my book stays around? You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. So that makes sense. I'm frustrated. That's a loss. Well, so that's it for our news. So let's get into the talkback situation. You want to break that down for the people? Yeah, talkback segment. Every episode, we take an opportunity to talk to you, to talk with you. We'll take your tweets if you want to hit us up on Twitter, at Comic Book Junto. You can also send us an email. We like getting emails that we'll read on the show unless you give us a, a heads up otherwise. Uh, that is Comic Book Junto at barefruit.com this b e a no b3 a r f r u i t that's b3 a r f r u i t you can also leave us a voicemail um our phone number is 215-948-2742 you can also submit your questions via twitter using hashtag ask cbj so this week we got an email yeah you got that email i'm gonna pull that email up right now because i want to say man this made my day yeah, we these, got an email. These are the kind of emails I like. Yeah, and we do appreciate you guys sending us emails. So again, Comic Book Junto, that's J-U-N-T-O, Comic Book Junto at B3A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com. We love getting these. Also, leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes as well. Let us know what your thoughts and feelings are about the show there as well. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those that we get helps us boost up in the ratings, helps us boost up in the iTunes store 
so when people search for comic book or comic book junto or search for geek culture podcast, whatever the case may be, they can be, we can be closer to the top and more likely for someone to see us so that we can have more people join the junto Mm -hmm. and you know, geek culture is fun when you share. So we want to have more and more people be a part of what we got going on. So I'm, uh, I'm actually going to take this email that we've received and cut it up a little bit. So it's not the entire email. This was a a beautiful and long email. It was a thorough email. For me, these are my favorite kind to get. I love sitting down and reading through this and a response from a listener uh, who's digging the show and wants to share some things with us. So uh, I'm going to do everyone a favor on the other side of this microphone. If you're listening to this right now, you're not hearing the entire email. Some of that we'll just keep for ourselves, but I'll, I'll give you the bulk of it. We got an email from a listener who has just joined us recently from Ontario. Out in Canada. Six. That's uh, a... <laughs> six God. We got an email from Six God himself. Well, I guess the, the six is Toronto. So that's different. Oh, uh, okay. Go but ahead. either way, um, we, we, we're here disrespecting Canada. All right. Well, we're going to have Drake know. and we're going to have Wolverine. Yeah. Not having it. Bub. I apologize to Alpha Flight right now. We got an email from a, a new listener. His name is Bame. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Bame McRae. And uh, he sent us an email with the subject line, love for the Junto from the land of the Trillium. And it starts like this. He says, hey, guys, a little background on me before I dive in here. I'm a 30-year-old lifelong comic book reader from Ontario, Canada, the birthplace of Joe Schuster and where the provincial flower is literally a Trillium. Word. So shout out to the Trillium, man. I like that. So keeping it true, real, and that's it. Trillium and Kaleg just coming together, I guess. It reminds me of old episodes. Uh, So keeping it true, real, and old school is what it's all about. Though I was born in Toronto in the six. Wow. Six. Hey. Hey, look at you, six God. Look at that. Look at you running through the six with your woes. With all of the woes. Uh, even though I was born in Toronto, I grew up in a small town without a lot of access to new comics, but I would read and reread this old pulp style collection of detective comics that I found in my local library back when Batman had 12 inch ears. I remember that. There was a small, (laughs) I, I still enjoy that though. I like seeing that time to time. There was a small comic book store in my town, but I was too young to go into this place where the teenagers hung out, and it shut before I was old enough to take advantage of it. So I would get all my comics from flea markets and secondhand stores. All these back issues from the 60s and 70s of the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, The Atom, it didn't matter. I read everything, and I loved all of it. Uh, He goes on a little bit, and he says... uh, I played D&D with my dad. None of this made me very popular at the time, but it didn't, I didn't care. I was unashamed of my love for all things geek. Mm. And now down at the bottom of the email, he writes to us, now that I've finally discovered your podcast, the very first podcast I have ever listened to. Really? Dang. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I've gone back and listened to every episode except for some of the one shots of films that I haven't seen yet. That's, see, that's In parentheses, wise. I'm joining the Blackout Congregation. That's wise. You're a wise man. Fair warning. I'm probably going to email you every damn week with thoughts and opinions on what you're talking about. I only right. wish I found you guys earlier because I already have so much to add on back issues of your show. But I'll try to sneak them in from time to time with more current stuff. Seriously, the Junto is what has been missing in my life. From such a long time, the discussion, the philosophy, 
the real life impact, the why behind everything in comic and geek culture. I'm that guy at home listening to you and uh, listening to you both and actually talking back to you out loud like you can hear me. I'm totally here to keep the conversation going, keep up the amazing work, and definitely expect more, hopefully shorter emails in the future. All the best. Our man, Six God, Bame McCray. Six. Dang. That's what's up. It got me. Hey. Yeah, I love that. Hey, we appreciate that. That I, I'll tell you this. Internet, those of you listening to Comic Book Junto, those of you that check that that listen to every episode that only listen to the one shots that only listen to the origin stories or that are just joining the junto every time you guys send us an ask cbj question mm-hmm. we appreciate it yeah every time you leave five stars and a positive comment we appreciate it mm-hmm. every time you send an email we appreciate it and anytime you guys give us affirmation and encouragement or even critique we appreciate it because let me tell you doing a podcast Sometimes, Adam, you can tell your, your perspective. Feels like nobody. You, you don't know if anybody's listening. You don't. No. You feel like did anybody get that? Does anybody understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. Are people into this? Is it just me? Like we get here and we crack jokes and we speak with our opinions and stuff like that. But sometimes, like after we lose an episode specifically, like we, I think we specifically felt it over this past month. We lost two episodes. We're kind of like, oh. mm-hmm. jeez. It's a yeah. it's a downer. Yes, it you is. You know, if you feel discouraged sometimes. Yes, and it when is. we get an email like this, or we get a tweet, or we get someone sharing their opinion, or someone's giving their letter grade for Gardens of the Galaxy, that that peps us up to go, oh, okay, like this is for something because what the Yo, even when I get a tweet and somebody just says, "Man, thing sucks," I'm like, "Okay, that's what's up." You listen. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you listening to the Joto. All right, word up. Because I'll tell you, there's there's three things that I'm learning that are really important. Is one, like autonomy, mm-hmm. at least to me, autonomy, choice, doing what you want to do when you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Two, mastery, mm-hmm. like being really good at something. And three, purpose, yeah. like actually feeling like what you're doing, what you're doing matters. And for and, the soul gem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't forget that. And affirmation and people around you affirming that what you do matters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm seeing to me that those three things are really important to me. And when it comes to comic book junto, like, Getting that feedback, that's one of the things that are like, like that kind of solidifies the purpose of doing CBJ. Yes. You know, because when we talk, when we do a Junto and it's just out there and we don't get anything back, it's kind of like, I feel like Black Bolt. I'm like, mm, what do you, what is that? What do you mean? Silent King over here. I guess no, I can't say nothing. I guess <laughs> just like no noise because you it may as well, you know, tree falls down in the woods and nobody hears it. Did it really happen? Right. Yeah. Did it make sound? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that, <laughs> I don't think the phrase is actually, did it really happen? That's more about, that's a physics thing. If the tree falls down <laughs> in the forest, did it happen in no the 616? Is there no one there to hear it? Does it make a sound? Can they feel it in the ultimate universe? Maybe. Uh, yeah, no, but that's what's up. Not, not having any feedback is terrible because if you're like me you fill it up with the worst possible scenario Mm. they hated it dang everybody hates it huh but when when we get uh when we do get feedback when we have talkback segments when we get emails and voicemails i am legitimately bowled over because i did not expect it to be like this yeah i did not expect it to affect someone in this way and i would hope that comic book junto is a place where everyone can feel comfortable talking about the nuance 
behind the comics that we read, you know, the things that we're into, the movies that we're excited about, the trailers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought this, although I don't think I've ever said it out loud. Comic Book Junto for me is kind of like anti-hot take. Huh. Because at least that's the goal. Sometimes, the sometimes goal. we got hot takes. Sometimes there's a hot take. Hot take alert. We yeah. need a hot take alert sound. Yeah, exactly. And hot take alert, you know, when a hot take alert happens, you need to know that I understand that I'm putting myself into a position that I generally I'm 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 probably out of pocket. <laughs> because that's probably that's the bottom line. Because I don't want to be about hot takes. Everyone on Twitter has a hot take. Everybody now has a hot take and you got to dig your heels in and stand by it. And it's got to be absolute black or white. This is how I see it. I'm not going to move. I want comic book Junto to be different from that, to have opportunity to have conversations that are more fluid and nuanced Mm -hmm. and complex. And I hope people appreciate that. I hope you find that we're doing that. And when we're not doing that, I hope it's just because we're clowning, but you know, whatever. Absolutely. Hermes Ling. Ice blue mink. Thank you for telling us what you think. Of that was the good. Show. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. Did Tied we on my ribs. I do not know what permanent is. We didn't. We didn't plan the internet. They just <laughs> let you know we, we're in sync. Power Man Iron Fist of podcasting right here. That's right. Yeah. So listen again. Send your questions to Ask CBJ. Tweet your questions to Ask CBJ um, on Twitter. You can also email us junto at barefoot.com. You can also leave us your voicemails at 215-948-2742 and leave us five stars and a positive comment mm-hmm. on iTunes and leave your comments on SoundCloud as you're listening on SoundCloud as well. That's correct. All right. You want to move to our pool list? We'll go through the, the stack to say what we picked Let's up. Let's do it. All right. Happy uh, happy Brown Bag Day. Happy Brown Bag Day to you, Adam. It Internet. Internet. Yo, happy Brown Bag Day. Happy Brown Bag Day. Stop someone on the street and you just say, hey, man. Happy Brown Bag Day. Listen, I challenge you. What the hell are you talking about? I challenge you. uh, I dare you to go out to your local comic book store on Wednesday and and, and look a stranger in the face and say, Happy Brown Bag Day. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor, say, Neighbor, Happy Brown Bag Day. You heard that new Kirk Franklin? Happy Brown Bag Day. I dare you to touch three people and say, Happy Brown bag day. I dare you to get consent. And then, <laughs> and then. I dare you to get consent. Then touch three people and say. All right. New comic books come out every Wednesday. This Wednesday is no different. Uh, I've got a, a healthy stack going here, but let's start with you. Octavius, what'd you pick up? All right. I got three drones. Mm. I got Batman number 23. Yeah. The strange team the strangest team up in history it is called the brave and the mold the brave and the mold yeah that's good yeah i bet you wish that was like a man thing thing i do i do somebody asked me today they said wait 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 hold up i didn't think you could get behind swamp thing and i said no i have envy for his notoriety okay my camp is looking at that and saying it could have been us we're also saying we were the originals you know so it's like, you know how it is, right? You yeah. see somebody else yeah. get, get it, like if uh, uh, a yeah. uh, uh, designer. Okay, here's what we got. Mm-hmm. Ready? Man thing is future. Mm. Swamp thing is designer. Mm. I mean, he's hot. Everybody's talking about mm-hmm. designer at all times. Right. But there's a camp. There's like, well, what are you doing? You stole, <laughs> you stole that from us. You yeah, took yeah, that from yeah. us. Yeah. So <laughs> mask off, right? That's that's my my camp is saying mask off. Right. Yeah. And the other camp is going, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, you know he's in the Bill Nye TV show. Is he designer? That's awesome. He he is a real life that Bugs Bunny. Is fantastic. And they'll be is like, he like a reoccurring character on. I've only seen him in one episode so far, but they'll be like designer. Wait, don't you know that global warming? He'll go. Oh, what? Yeah. It's that. It sounds like he's swallowing marijuana. <laughs> All right, Luke Cage number one. I also got I got Secret Empire number two. That's it. That's what I got. Secret Empire number two. That's a doozy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I picked up Four Kids Walk Into a Bank number four. Man, it's been a long time since this book came out. I'm excited about that. Batman number 23. It, you know, it's a one shot. Just a one shot. The Brave and the Mole. Yeah, peep that. Yeah, and I'm really excited about it. I read that one today, and I, I love it. I picked up The Flash, number 22. This is part four of The Button. And internet, I'm still mad about it. Watchmen thing is not making me happier. Watchman thing? Watchman thing is not making me happier. I picked up Luke Cage, number one, and it was signed by the artist, uh, who apparently is a resident here in Philadelphia, lives in South Philly. Uh, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I'm excited to see David F. Walker, uh, hit us with some new Luke Cage stuff. Do we have him lined up for some time? Do Origins? Um, that's the that's the plan. Could have. I was kind of was trying to wait for around Luke Cage mm-hmm. to try to get Sanford Green to kind of finish up Power Man Iron Fist and then move into David F. Walker into Luke Cage. David F. Walker and Sanford Green, uh, the the guys who were behind the most recent run of Power Man Iron Fist. I would like to say friends of the Junto. For sure. Friends of the Junto, for sure. These are the guys who have put Comic Book Junto in the back of their book twice now. Show enough. Two times. Show enough. So that gets you friend of the Junto status. I picked up Secret Empire number two, and I cannot wait to talk to y'all on Twitter in private conversations so we don't spoil it for Octavius. What? Huge spoiler. In no, I, re- I, re- I read it. Did you? I read it. That last page? Oh, uh, let's talk about it. Spoiler wall going up for Luke Cage number one and Secret Empire number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's how I would like to do um, books of the week mm-hmm. moving forward. Hit me. I would like us to do them the, kind of the way we do one shots. Okay. Because when we do one shots, we kind of remember them and talk about them. Sure. Rather than page for page, panel no for panel. No need to do page for page. Yeah. So... And I think that that's a little bit more realistic to like what our conversations normally are. We very rarely pull the comic book out and go on page three on panel two. It never happens. We don't really anyway. do that. So, and I think the conversation will flow a little bit better. We can do some gut reactions, right? Talk about things that tripped us up, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So, spoiler wall going up for Luke Cage number one, Secret Empire number two. You, we are going to spoil these books right now. If you have not read them, now is your chance to, to press pause, read the books, and come back, or just keep on listening at your own peril. Spoiler wall going up. Three, two, one. Spoilers. Let's start with Luke Cage number one, because I think it's, it's lighter. Uh, your gut reaction, based on the fact that you and I just finished reading Power Man Iron Fist, a book that's mostly about Luke you know, and Danny, mm-hmm. but now it's a book that's solely about Luke. Yep. How do you feel about it? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I like the, first of all, I like the artwork. Really, really dope. I like the, like the way Luke Cage looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the 
the, the the way Luke Cage is talking. I like the way he's talking to other people. Nelson Blake the second is the artist. David F. Walker, of course, he's writing. Yeah, and and I like the the kind of detective neighborhood detective story that's happening. Yeah. David F. Walker did a great job of introducing the character, introducing Luke Cage, introducing what he, role he plays in his community, giving you a vibe of what the community is, and then also setting up. It's like good news, bad news. So what? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think he does a great job of addressing introduction. Here's the situation. Here's why you should care. Yeah. And I'm like, great. Give me episode, give me issue two. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I think some books do a better job of that than others. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, I really like this book a lot. And it's, it is weird to read this on the, the heels of Power Man Iron Fist, right. which had a totally different look. Right. And it's still David F. Walker. So he's still speaking in the character of Luke Cage, but Luke is maybe more subdued in this one, more solemn and badass. He doesn't have to deal with Danny. Yeah. Although yeah. I love that he brings up Danny's, oh yeah, my boy, Danny Rand. Yeah. He's a millionaire. You need me to give you that 5000 It's no problem. And then he steps up and he says, oh, for real? No. And then just flicks his hat and, and that, knocks him out. And that's the, and yes! That, and we get a good, good, get a good gauge of what Luke Cage is, personality is yeah like he comes in and he we even had a conversation we were talking about nitty hall about if luke cage gets shot does it hurt mm-hmm. he actually addresses, addresses this he addresses yeah it hurts you know what i mean like and that's a, just an interesting perspective as you see him walking through thrashing folks and that conversation it's kind of even a little funny yeah about the woman who got, or I think, I guess it's a young girl. I don't know if she's a woman or she's, she, she's saying she's a, no, she got abducted mm-hmm. and there's a guy who wants a ransom and all of this kind of stuff. And then boyfriend. And mm-hmm. it's like, wait, you did all this for five stacks. Yeah. You yeah, know, right. you really did the kidnapping, the threatening to kill a girl. Like you did all of that for $5,000. Yeah. Okay. I would have just given you $5,000. And then to see him flick the guy in his forehead and yeah. f- fly across the room. It's like, I yeah, okay, it. you I, I understand who Luke Cage is. I get him. Mm-hmm. But then we get into the deep emotions of what it's like to be Luke Cage from a day to day. He's like, it feels good to be one. Like I was talking about, like autonomy, mastery, and purpose. It's like, look, it feels good to be able to do good things for people. Yeah. And he talks about the difference between him and the Avengers. And this speaks him toward David F. Walker's approach toward Occupy Avengers. Yeah. You know, the idea that there should be a group of heroes who pay attention to the small stuff. Right. People that are accessible. Because he says, you know, you're probably wondering why Spider-Man's not handling this or the Avengers are handling this because they, they got my phone number. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm available. Because they know I'll be around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Which, again, sets the stage for, this is who Luke Cage is. Mm-hmm. But then, to find out that someone close to him has passed away, and you see that shift. Yeah. And you see the humanity. And there's that funny moment when they're sitting on the sofa and they're talking, and he goes, you're a specimen. And it's kind of like a... Reminded me of Get Out. Very Get Out. Very Get Out. Yeah. That that moment where he says, Luke, you are a magnificent specimen. And Luke says, excuse me? Right. What? And then you have to have uh, uh, the woman that's with him say, that. Uh, mm, that's not... That's not what he meant. Yeah. You know, tried to do that thing. But it, it very much felt like that, that double talk. This is about the fact that Luke was created into Power Man mm-hmm. uh, uh, it, when he was in prison. Experimenting so like with experiment. trying to re- recreate the super soldier situation. But also the fact that someone is just talking. This white man is talking about Luke, a black man, as though he is a specimen 
You know, that is totally something that I could hear in, in Get Out. And I appreciate this book because it feels like it's a response to not just the climate and conversation of, of a movie like Get Out, but also the Luke Cage TV show came out, right? And this is David F. Walker's opportunity to define Luke and answer some lingering questions mm-hmm. that a lot of people watch Netflix and say, why, why does he keep buying these shirts? Right. Why doesn't he just get a bulletproof shirt? And I, I feel like now David has this idea of what people don't get about Luke, and he has an opportunity to define those. I like this book thoroughly, and I'm interested in finding out where it goes from here. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I, I was just really into it. Yeah. I was yeah. really into it. Definitely want to find out what happens next. And first issue of this one, we see that someone somehow has actually cut Luke, caused him to bleed, put him down. Which is like, what? Yeah. Because in the beginning of the book, he was just talking about how, you know, he doesn't get cut. He doesn't get bruised. I mean, it hurts, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, penetrate his skin. So immediately you're like, what is going on? Who is that? What's happening? What's what? So it does a great job of, you know, posing just enough questions to mm-hmm. get me interested in coming back. And we got Mitchell Tanner, who is apparently the first person who was experimented on before Luke. And Mitchell Tanner shows up. I think he was thought dead. Uh, that was the idea. And he shows up to save Luke as Luke is bleeding out. I, I'm on board, man. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I, I wasn't sure what to expect because the art direction is so different. And I was wondering, am I, am I tapped out on stories about Luke right now? Absolutely not. Marvel, internet, go buy this comic book. Don't cancel this shit. Go buy this comic book. So give it, give it at least an arc. Yeah, please. Marvel, let this book run. Let let him let him ride. Let him cook. You know what I mean? Let him get let him get his get his story together. Let him let him do his thing. And also, go buy this book. Go support this book because it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, let's keep this going. Let's give David F. Walker an opportunity to get this get this story off. Agreed. Right, let's talk about Secret Empire number two. Yeah. So let's get into that now. We've read Secret Empire number one. We've read Secret Empire zero. Zero one. Did you read the free comic book day? We read free comic book day as well. There's a lot of talk floating around there. You text me today. Did you read it? Marvel is, what did you say? Wild. Wild. So let's get into it. Talk to me about it. What are your thoughts here? All right. So this this is, as we know... A really controversial story. It's a controversial event that's taking place. Uh, a lot of fans of comics and and people who buy Marvel comics have a lot of things to say about Hydra Cap. So this is a, con- a continuation. I'm always on bated breath for these issues because I'm waiting to find out, A, is this going to make angry people feel better? Or B, is it going to make angry people more angry? And C, ultimately... Is Marvel going to justify all of this craziness? And uh, I got to say, I like this story. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm interested in it. I Not since um, there was an event called Age of Ultron. Uh-huh. Not since Age of Ultron have I felt like things are really bad. Like in the Marvel Universe for the superheroes, shit is bad. It is not good. And in Age of Ultron, Ultron won. Ultron beat everybody, killed tons of Avengers and superheroes. And you felt it, the way that it was written. It wasn't an excellent event, but I think it created that environment right. And I think Secret Empire does that. And I'm I'm ready for it. I'm interested in it. Mm-hmm. I like the dialogue. I especially like the scene between Natasha and Clint Barton when they're talking about like uh, uh, what Captain America would do. Right. And when Clint says, no, no, no. Cap would never kill. 
You know you can't just go find Steve Rogers and cut his head off. And Natasha says, if you really knew Steve Rogers, if you really knew that man, Mm -hmm. then you would know that if he understood that him being evil caused anyone to suffer, if it caused one life to end, he would beg for you to kill him. Now clarify what you're talking about, because there are people who are listening to this even though they haven't read the book. All right, so Captain America, Steve Rogers... Is uh, is Hydra? He's the leader of Hydra, and he's the leader of the free world. He's like mm-hmm. above everyone. Above forty five. Above forty five. He has toppled forty five, and he's he's in deep with Hydra agents, and they have brainwashed a ton of people to become Hydra acolytes, and they have trapped all of Manhattan under uh, this dark forest. Tons of superheroes are in there. They've trapped a lot of superheroes outside of Earth itself as they were fighting the Chitari invasion. And it's this super strategy came together. Mm-hmm. So now Cap is, he's doing it. He's the king. He won. He beat them all. And But he's kind of hesitant about something. But here's the thing that's important mm-hmm. because we talked about this before. I don't know if this is on one of the lost episodes or not. The cube. We talked about how Captain America is actually not of his right mind. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like, no, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. And it's like, I'm pretty sure that the opening part of the book explains that. Listen, there's a Cosmic Cube situation. Maria Hill used that to create Pleasant Hill, Silent Hill. Pleasant Hill. Hill. Pleasant Hill. God, not Silent Hill. And after make, making Pleasant Hill, then this cube turned into an actual person. After the cube turned into a, a small child, Red Skull got a hold of the child, basically convinced the child that Hydra was the dopest thing ever. Yeah. The kid goes, cool, well, I'm going to change everything and make it so Hydra is Steve Rogers is Hydra. Steve Rogers, he's Rogers. always been Hydra. Right. And even his DNA somehow becomes Hydra. And there's some And com- I was like, that that's what I was saying. Yes. I was saying, you're like, no, 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 this is what really happened. No, that's what he thinks is what really happened. Well, I'm so that's confused. Not what really happened. I'm so confused on that tip because in issue zero, we did see events that took place in 1945. Adam, this is what I was telling you. That's not what the book tells you that that's not what's happening. That what that's showing you is what Cap is remembering. But that's not what actually happened. I, that's what he's remembering. I, I see that. And I will say on the part of whoever put the book together, right. the, the colorist, the artist, unclear. And, and if, if indeed, and I want to believe you because that's easy for me to wrap my brain around, yeah. which means I can progre- uh, progress with the story. You know? right. like if, I, if I'm stuck on that detail, I have no idea how to move forward. Right. So I want to proceed with the story in that issue zero, unclear. And it's been like, I've been banging my head on the wall. Like, what is real? Mm-hmm. This issue did help yeah. because we actually have the testimonial from... Big splash page that breaks it all down. Yeah, we have the testimonial from from Rick Jones, who we know in issue number one is executed at the end of the issue. Right. So this is a pre-recorded message in which Rick Jones kind of uh, like flippant. He says, if you're getting this message, let's be honest, there's a good chance I've been made dead. And yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does suck. Uh, and he explains the situation as we understand it with, with Steve Rogers and the Cosmic Cube and da-da-da-da-da-da-da and the sequence of events. That helped me. That helped me. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, can we trust Rick? Does he know? But yeah, I assume we can. 
Yeah. Either way, this issue is wild. I appreciate the the conflict between Natasha and Clint. Mm-hmm. I like the the second part of that. You know the scene when they're in uh, the hangar bay? Yeah. And they're talking about how they fall into these old mistakes. Mm-hmm. And she goes in and she kisses him and he goes, dang, I thought I thought for a second you were going to do that thing where you slipped some sleeping poison or something. Right. And you, you gave it to me with the kiss. And she goes, no, no, no. I respect you far too much. And knocks his ass out. Yeah. And then she's out. So her journey, Natasha is taking a group to go with her to kill Steve Rogers. Right. And then we have another group. Miles Morales is with them. Yeah. I don't think that they're necessarily going to go kill Cap. I think Natasha wants to. But I think they're saying we align more with you Mm -hmm. than the other group. Sure. So... We're gonna because the champions and though in the in that kind of group, there's always been a, a group that's even with Civil War two, they were kind of like I don't know if I'm either on either side really, kind of like middle ground. Sure. So we're kind of like figuring out what's what. So um, yeah, that's the red room. That's the you know whatever the she, new red room. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they're they're ready to get their hands bloody. But then there's another group that's trying to deal with it differently. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. And I'm actually in. I'm actually interested. You're into it? Every time an issue comes out, I'm like, okay. Because ultimately, we've got one group that's like, look, we're going to go out and get this Cosmic Cube and put it back together. Because Tony Stark says he can put it together. Then we got Cap talking to Baron. Is it Baron Zemo? Yeah. Saying, look, go get that Go get that Cosmic Cube. So we got two groups, really. We got two groups going out to find the Cosmic Cube. And we got one group going to kill Cap. Yeah. And I'm in. Yeah, take me there. Let's see what, what do you happens. think of that uh, that stinger at the very end. That uh, that yeah, last I don't know what that is. Is that because that's that's dagger, right? And dagger is the one who is in like the dark zone, dark space, keeping light. I'm talking this. No, no, no. It, I, but what I'm saying is that was dagger. That was running around in there, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a good question. I'm, because I'm, I'm trying not hundred percent sure. So in in that last bit, after the bit where they they meet up with Sam Wilson in Montana, uh right. in that last bit we do see uh, a woman in all white with blonde hair and she's running away from the serpents. And there and it's in a really, really dark environment. It's unclear if that is Dagger, because we know that Dagger Dagger from Cloak and Dagger, by the way. Yeah, she's she's effectively creating light for Manhattan. Yes. So it's not always darkness. That's part of the vibe that I was getting. Like, yo, it is desperate. Mm-hmm. There's she has the ability to make it so they can see. And it is famine and it is crowded and people are dying and diseases are spreading. And it's like, I believe the desperation of that. And I believe that Dagger is trying everything that she can. I don't know if that's her being chased. I think this might just be a blonde white woman. But that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think it's Dagger. And I think Dagger is in some sort of like mental space when she's trying to keep every, keep the lights on, so to speak. Mm. And Cap is there. Oh, that's interesting. So you so think this, I don't know this if that's is some sort of, of like, her head. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it strikes me as she's someplace else and Cap is in that same place. Sure. Like Cap's consciousness. And that's why I say her brain, her mind. Sure. Like the real Cap's consciousness is in a different, in a different spot. Now, another so we'll part of out. this, another part of this that could be considered is maybe this is prequel bit. You know, this is in a completely different art style. It's a different artist who's doing these pages. <gasps> and maybe what we're seeing here maybe. is when Cap was initially awoken 
Huh. And when he was like battling his way back to the mainland. Maybe. So it could be a number of things, but you know, on its face value, what it looks like is maybe we have two Captain Americas. Maybe there's the Hydra Cap that's running the US. And now there's this bearded cap who shows mm. up and he's like, yo, what is this? Which we shall see. So I'm, I'm here for the ride. Let's see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And, and my point is, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. They have my intention. I did realize, Ak, I realized what makes me mad about the entire Secret Empire thing. And it's not the story itself. It's strictly the way that Marvel has been dealing with the fans. And what a lot of people have been uh, complaining about is Marvel keeps saying, wait and see, wait and see, wait and see, which basically is the same thing as saying, keep buying the books. But well, we're mad about it. Keep buying the books. Well, no. What, what uh, see, is, what's me, the issue here? What's, I, what what's I'm, the problem? What I mean that? is people are m- more pissed than ever because Marvel is uh, kind of going back and forth on their commitment to the story. Is Cap definitely Hydra? Is this a clone situation? Is this uh, a brainwash situation? And they said, yep, it's for real, for real, Steve Rogers. Yes, absolutely, it's this. Now, this issue seems to conflict some of what they've said. Wow. We're, because they showed a second Captain America. Well, you don't know what that is. Correct. It's only issue two. Right. So what I'm realizing here is the thing that makes me frustrated about all of it is strictly the way that the company, Marvel, and Nick Spencer specifically, mm-hmm. has been just kind of shitty to people online. When somebody says, like, yo, I don't really like this. And they're like, well, shut up and buy it. Well, wait, hold on. Wait, because I'm hearing a bunch of things at one time. Mm-hmm. So is it shut up and buy it? Is it hold on and buy it? I'm going to say hold on and buy it, which is the actual language, is the diplomatic version of shut up and buy it. It's the same thing. Uh, Now, can can you own that those feelings? Yeah, I can own those feelings. That's how it makes me feel. Because okay, this is about why I'm mad. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think. All right, so we, we've had this conversation before. I'm still frustrated about the way Marvel presents it. We've had this conversation before, yeah. and I'm trying to parse where we have a leg to stand and where we don't, mm-hmm. and trying to keep the conversation focused on where we do have a leg to stand. Sure. Because when you start arguing preferences, then it's like, well, who's right? Yeah, sure. No, nobody's right. Well, because, it's entirely about the way that you feel and owning, like you said, the way that you feel. Because my and thing, my is, my understanding here is, I like this story, right? And I feel like Marvel has not been authentic or kind in the way that they handle negative press. Okay, now I can I can follow you there. Yeah. When you go and for here's where here's how I can follow you. When you say, when if I were to say, take a stance and stay there. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm, that's my feedback. Mm -hmm. Pick a stance, stay there. If the stance is, trust us, we're going somewhere. Trust us, we're going somewhere. Trust us, we're going somewhere. Then I'm like, okay, that's your stance. Mm -hmm. Hey, we have your best interest in mind. We're listening to you. We care for you, so-and-so-and-so. But let us tell you the story we want to tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause we talked Tanahasi said the same thing. Sometimes yeah. you gotta turn your back on the fans. Yeah. You gotta yeah. tell them the story that you want to tell them. Now, critique is opinionated opinionated critique. Just tell the story and be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where Make I make your stance and be quiet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the more you talk, I think the further and further we're getting away from 
the story mm-hmm. because now it's becoming about you mm-hmm. and your attitude and what you said to to Twitter person so and so and so. That's right, and it, it, I think the accessibility of someone like Nick Spencer, the writer of this book, makes it kind of a hairy situation because at a certain point. I'm no longer mad about the plot. Right. I'm just mad about how this person treated me. Yes. And yes. that I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Okay. I mean, customer, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of a custom ser- customer service situation. Sure. I've had customer service situations where it's like, well, we had an issue business wise, but now I have an issue with you. Yeah. It's not even about the business that we have between each other. Now it's between me as a person and you as a person. Yeah, that's and right. And now that affects the way I see our business arrangement. That's right. Because maybe I'm wrong in the business arrangement. Maybe you're wrong in the business arrangement. Maybe we're both a little bit wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe we both could be a little more gracious and forgiving. Mm-hmm. But when you start, uh, business-wise, when you start to personally offend me, now we're, you, you are crossing the line. Mm-hmm. And... In the same way on the other side, because I think that there's an aspect of this where it comes to the, cr- to the creators of the actual product where we can make them the villains. Right. Like they don't have hundreds, maybe thousands of people tweeting them wild stuff all day. Oh, that's a big part of it. Too. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, when I start hearing Marvel's just saying, shut up and buy the book. It's like, I don't know that they're saying that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think that it might feel that way. But I don't think I've ever heard Marvel say shut up and buy the book and like assuming like like letting what they're saying be what they're saying and not reading more into it. But when they say that, they probably mean, well, did they say that? Sure. So I, got, I can only hold you accountable what you said. Now, when I start, well, that probably means like that's where I got to go. Well, hold on. Is that what they said? Or is that what you feel? Well, it is. It's certainly how I feel. And it's not it's not backed up by something that would make me feel any other way. Right. And I, I will say that this is a product of a hot take generation. Man. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I have found exactly how I'm going to respond to this. I'm going to stick to it, even if anything changes mm-hmm. and I'm going to um, grit my teeth and, and go at it. Right. But I'm yeah. looking for a fight. And on the opposite side, I can only imagine what it's like to be Nick Spencer catching flack all day long mm-hmm. for the story that he wants to tell. It doesn't make it right for, for Nick or Marvel or any, I mean, cause part of my critique is Marvel, you all over the place. Sure. And you have, we talked about this before. You have a track record of saying one thing and doing another. Mm-hmm. Oh, diversity representation. Uh, we found out that people don't want diversity and representation. No, actually, we're going to give you all the diversity and representation. It's a lack of like, wait, wait, what, what do you, huh? And then when a situation like this happens, it's the overall narrative and message from the logo. That's right. To the consumer. That's right. Which is, I don't trust you. And that's really what this is about. Mm-hmm. So you might have a great story in Secret Empire, but because of the way you're handling the PR side of this, you're kind of tainting my ability to give you grace mm-hmm. because you're acting as though you've got it all together and you got everything figured out. Yeah. Everybody needs to just, you know, fall in line. That's right. And you're not really being very forthcoming with consistency or like transparency. So when it comes time to ask for grace and mercy, people are like, what? Mm-hmm. You're the one that got it all together. Mm-hmm. You're the one to know everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, which one is it? So you can't claim being all knowing and all powerful and then go, have mercy on me. Like you, it don't, you, you, you they, don't, those two don't really, they don't exist. go together. Yeah, you know what I mean? You have to show a level of transparency that says, and this is, this would be my suggestion, which is like, speak the truth of love and respect Marvel. Yeah. Pick a stance, stay there and ask people to trust you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
And then when someone calls you out on something, you have the responsibility as the logo, as the person who's making the product for the people, you are, you have a higher standard, Mm -hmm. which might not be fair, but to much is given, much is required. Great, Mm -hmm. great power, great responsibility. You have all the money, you have all the IP, you have all of the decision-making power. So you can't, you you are held to a higher standard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Nick, you don't get the fire back the same way everybody else does Mm-mm. because, you know, or you do, but you have a greater... It has a greater there's repercussion. A great, there's a greater repercussion. So yeah. you can't kind of go, well, everybody else gets to do it. It's like, yeah. well, everybody else ain't, Nick's, ain't Nick. Right. Everybody else ain't writing Secret Empire. Right. Everybody else doesn't have the same access. Everybody else doesn't... You know what I mean? So you you don't have to be nice on Twitter, you have, that's your right, but you also have to understand that here come the consequences. But all I'm saying is I like to keep it to what they said. Sure. You know what I mean? And sure. not not reading into it and holding them accountable to things that they didn't say. And it's like, well, you can feel that way, but that isn't what they said. Sure. You know sure. What I mean? I mean, make no assumptions for, for malintent. Absolutely. Because right. you don't need to create trouble for yourself. That At that point, you're creating justification for your own feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I think while reading this story, every time I pick up an issue, I remind myself, man, people are really hurt about this. Why is that? Every time I open it up, I renew that conversation with myself. And today I finally had a more crispy articulation. How do I feel about it? Mm -hmm. I feel like I can't trust the company Mm -hmm. and that makes me upset and you know this also as far as comic books are concerned yeah and this not as far as tv not as far as movies necessarily did you see medusa's wig all right now i can't trust the company and and you know this also (laughs) comes on top of this this is complimentary to you know the way that i'm feeling about the fact that black panther and the crew got canceled right which is a reminder that this this comic book industry is taking place in total darkness. There's no transparency. I don't know how to support the stories that I like. As a customer, I literally don't know how to interface with the company. So all I can do is trust the process. As we like to say here in Philadelphia, go 76ers, trust the process. But yeah, Octavius is making faces. Uh, it's, you know, it's just a, it's a funny mixture of feelings. What I can say definitively is... Secret Empire has my attention. So I'll keep picking them up. By the way, they just added an additional book. It was supposed to be nine issues, and now it will be ten. Okay. They've done that with the last three events, two events. They did that with uh, Secret Wars, and they did that with... What What came in between? What was the last big event that we just had? Civil War Two, of course. Where they added extra issues. And what we all know, Civil War II did not need that extra issue. That was crap. Anyway, that's my diatribe. There it is. So that's episode, is it 70? 70. Episode 70. 70. Let's talk about what's coming out next week. Next week, we have Black Panther at number 14. And we talked about this in past past episodes. Victor Lavalle's Destroyer number one. That looks good. That's coming out next week. Wow. Yeah. Yo, we talked about that a while ago. Yeah. So that's going to be here. All right. At Octavius A. Newman on Twitter, at Adam Tedris on Twitter, at Comic Junto on Twitter, hashtag AskCBJ for your questions for, for talkback. Leave your voicemails 215 948 2742. Send us your emails, comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. Make sure you leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. Leave your comments on SoundCloud. Please invite a friend to join the Junto this mm-hmm. week. Tweet at them, text them, Facebook them. Also, let us Tell know. Tell that Aunt Maybach sent you. 
Yeah. Tell yeah. him that. Tell him that. One uh, Punch uh, Man Man sent you. Yeah. Tell him that Young Gordon sent you. AKA Solid Gold Bars. Yeah. Exactly. You. Tell him Star Lord Pretty Flacco <laughs> sent you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for real, invite someone to join the Junto this week. Um, and yeah, we're going to try to get these reaction videos for YouTube going. Got some new stuff I'm trying to do for the merch as well. And yeah, we got some things in the- We're in, making moves. Yeah. Also, let us know what movies you want us to do one-shot movie reviews on. And also, let us know whose origin story you want to hear so we can get them on the origin aspect of Kampu Junto. Mm-hmm. That's episode 70. Hopefully, one-shot coming up for Alien Covenant when that movie comes out. And Dear White People. Soon, and Dear White People as well. We got a lot more good stuff coming to you. That's what we got. That's it, man. Let's that, get out of here. Let's get up out of this jump. We love y'all. Until next time, peace. Oh, oh, oh.